Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world, this is your host for the David Harris Jr. Show. David J. Harris Jr. here with the amazing one and only Charlie Kirk. Charlie, it's What's a up, pleasure, man. man. Thank, Thank you so back. much. Yes, Thank you. It's great. So we are here for Teen SAS, uh, and there's a, over a thousand students here from around the country that are excited about what? Tell us what they're excited about. Boy, they're excited about freedom, about liberty, the Constitution, American exceptionalism, and they're just thrilled to be here in Washington, D.C. I mean, they were sleeping on marble floors overnight yeah. to hear from the, from the President of the United States. You know, one of these, you know, these fake reporters was asking me, you know, oh, well, what do these kids do at night? Are they up to no good? I said, you know what our kids are doing? They're sleeping on the floor in the lobby. I mean, this is the type of, this is, this is, this is the, these are the students that are going to save this country. I really believe that. Well, it's amazing to me that you started this at 18 years old. Uh So these kids are here. A lot of them are that age or a little younger. And what you've created here, this movement that is waking up and supporting conservative values, ideas, which I believe are really constitutional ideas and values of this country, you're setting them on fire. Thank you. Yeah. What does that do for you internally in your heart, brother, for the prayers, the tears, the the sweat, the six years you've been building this? What does that do for you? It's a lot of pressure. This last week, there was a lot of pressure. You know, you just want it to go right. And then, you know, you get the get closer and closer to the day that the president of the United States is going to come to your event. Yes. And you're like, all right, you know, here we are. And you want everything to go correctly. And I believe that it did. I mean, I believe, I don't know how it could have gone better, you know, knock on wood, but the whole team was executed flawlessly and was very little sleep for a long period of time. But you're, you're just, you're on edge. You have 1,500 high school kids from 50 states, seven countries represented. And I, I'm just, just so thankful for the opportunity. And just what a God thing to have the leader of the free world come to your event. It's really extraordinary. It has to be. For me, it's a moment in history. It has to be a record-breaking historic event mm-hmm. for the president of the United States to come to somebody's event, somebody's organization and speak that is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. When do you turn 26? October, October, not even 26 years old yet. And the president is coming to speak at your event. And I think it was flawless. It was amazing. The video leading up to it was amazing. I got to hear about how he was getting a lot of press. Yeah, I I hear that, too. And that fake news is always going to look for anything they can. But whatever. But the reality of the kids here and being a part of it, I feel like I was a part of history. Well, thank you. And I'll tell you that the students that were that were there were so beyond ecstatic to have the opportunity to hear from the you know leader of the free world. But as thankful as I am for that opportunity, the real recognition goes to the president who very easily said, I'm too busy. You know, this, I don't, yeah. he could, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'll send a tweet out or something. I'll just right. do what every other president basically. He done. did that too. No, of course. <laughs> well, you know, and he showed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. And I got a lot. Instead, he takes, he carves out time in his schedule. Yeah. And it was over from the time he left to the White House, then he got back. It was about two and a half hours, three hours out of his schedule. Wow. That he could have been spent doing anything else, but he saw value in this. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Just such a compliment to the staff and to the students and to the donors and people like you, our influencers, supporters, that he, he, it's a compliment to all of us that what we have been doing has been helping push things in the right direction. And it's a rarity. Almost every conservative organization 
out there wants that, right? Yeah. And we're so thankful to have that opportunity and to be included on that is just extraordinary. And we are, we're really humbled by it. Now, there are kids here of all different backgrounds, different races. The president had to know that. So for the president to want to come to an event where there's blacks, there's Asians, there's Latinos, there's, there's, there, I mean, I met so many different people from so many and even different countries. Mm-hmm. What does that say to the whole narrative that the mainstream media continues to try to paint him as a racist? Like, I mean, the, the media wants him to be a racist. I mean, wouldn't you want to live in a country where you want him not to be a racist? Like, wouldn't that be it? Think about it. Exactly. They, they want him to be a bad person. Why? I mean, well, that's that you got four hours. <laughs> but Summarize it. Why do they want why do they want him to be a racist so bad that that's all we hear about? Because they would rather be correct than to see what is good. So they're not cheering for the betterment of the country, they're cheering to be right. Because they thought he wasn't gonna run, they thought he wasn't gonna win the nomination, they thought he wasn't gonna win the election, they thought he would be a bad president. Those are the four big things they were wrong about. Yeah. He's not going to run. It's just publicity. Said, oh, he's running. Huh. Well, yeah, right. Like he'll be Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz. Uh, oh, wow. He won the nomination. Ha. Landslide. Here we go. Hillary's going to. Oh, he'll be a horrible president. Yeah. Nuclear war, stock market. Yeah. Bad. They've been wrong about everything. Yeah. This guy has proved him wrong at every single All they have left is the worst insults we have in our language. So if you have a hierarchy, uh, you kind of have stuff on the top of the shelf. Right. Of things that you dust off and you use for the worst creatures in human history. Right. Yeah. Those are, those are the words. Right. Yeah. And we don't have to repeat them. Nothing worth repeating. You know what I'm talking about. Though, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's certain times in history, certain things that are used only for things that warrant it. You reach to that top of that shelf and you use that. Right. They use it every second. Every day. And so what it does two things. First of all, it's not true. And then second of all, it cheapens that. Then everything becomes that. Right. And there's no truth in it whatsoever. You know, I sat down with a reporter from a publication that I will not repeat. And this reporter never heard the argument that the tweet said to come back to the country. Mm. The tweet heard around the world. Right. The president said, go back, fix your country, then come back. Yeah. He never said leave for good. Right. Let the door hit you on the way out. Right. Instead, he said, go there, come back. That's not deportation. That's a vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a work study program. Right. So anyway, the uh, the left would much rather see Donald Trump fail than Americans succeed. It's it's a sad thing. And I hope Amer- do you think Americans are waking up to that fact? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I'm a contrarian by nature. I always have been. And so when I see everyone so confident Trump is going to win, I'm like, well, yes, I believe he's going to win your election. But what... What would prevent, what could possibly prevent it? Yeah. And so here, here's the question, and I don't know the answer to this. And this will, this will be the question that will define this election. If the Democrats go the, re, the direction they think they, I think they are going, which is, are there closet socialists out there? Mm. Are there, is there a hidden socialist voter? Wow. And there's evidence maybe there is. I mean, there's people. Scary. I want you to think about that. And so we have to entertain this because. If we just ignore it, oh, no, that's what, hold on. The country's changing. Like yeah. we're on these campuses. We see what's happening. And I'll tell you, David, the body politic flows downstream from culture, as Andrew Breitbart said. But the Green Party has been getting 2% sometimes in some of these elections. Mm-hmm. The Green Party is basically outward socialists. Wow. So the question is, do you lose some conventional voters? But could a socialist get new people to vote like Donald Trump did? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't 
think that's going yeah. to happen. Right. But to just dismiss it altogether, like Donald Trump's got this one in the bag. I don't like that. I just, I, I don't think that way. And I think we have to play as if we're down. Well, and it takes away maybe the desire, the urgency yeah, for so people to actually take action, try to share content, share videos and help wake people up. That's exactly up. right. Yeah. So go ahead. I just heard out there, Pastor Mark Burns. Yeah, he was quite excited, wasn't he? You have him a lot. You have him often at your, in, yeah. at your uh, events. And he's a very outspoken, charismatic. evangelical, charismatic Christian. Sure. As I know that you also are. Yeah. What do you feel like God is doing in, in this movement and in our country right now? He's doing a lot of things, definitely pushing up, you know, leaders to, to have a chance to save the country. And I think that, you know, he's using Donald Trump as a vessel. I mean, a vessel that many faith leaders wouldn't have necessarily thought of. And one that is quite different than like the, you know, evangelical community kind of mold, Yeah, but that's okay. And so Look, I think he's giving us an opportunity, though, to take a moral high ground as well. And the left is being, they're so out of control. They're so rapidly descending into chaos. We have an opportunity to really, I think, win over a tremendous amount of people around our core values. So Pastor Mark Burns, I heard him out there. He was leading the all the students mm-hmm. in a chant of One Nation Under God. Yes. They sound pretty, they sound pretty excited. Um, it seems like there's a lot of believers among this group that are here yeah there there's there's there seems to be yeah what does that mean to you to know that there's a there's a lot of individuals that have faith that are here and the fact that you actually encourage that by bringing a pastor in to speak to them about about christian values and christian principles it's critical and i mean the component of one nation under god is fundamental to the creation of our country and i think we forget that far too often and the left wants us to be one nation under governments Our rights are natural that come from our creator. And I think it's really a phenomenal thing to recognize that we're nothing more than just individuals under a sovereign God and having, you know, the pastor here and kind of pray over the students. And it's just so important. And you see how they react. It's just, it's just incredible. God has been speaking to me recently about God and politics. Mm -hmm. There's been a huge separation, I think, for a long time where even just in people's own homes, it's like, you don't talk about God and politics. Uh, a lot of times with uh, with family because there's it can escalate quickly. I have a, a large Christian base that follows me, mm-hmm. and I've got friends of mine that are worship leaders that go all around the world, and they're actually very huge Donald Trump supporters. That's great. Yet they are afraid. That, well, it's not that they're afraid, but they are aware of the backlash. Anytime they share anything positive about the president. There's massive backlash. Yes. What would you say to Christians out there that is reasons enough to support this president? There's a verse that says, do not be afraid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's actually, there's literally a verse that says, do not be afraid. I'm, it's, you know, I talked to some of these Christian pastors, and I don't want to say anything too negative, but oh, well, I'm afraid. Of, what, what, are you, what are you afraid of? Like, it actually makes me question your faith. Like, I hate to say that. Like, you're afraid of what like other people think of you as a Christian backlash and having persecution is the whole point of being a Christian, right? Yeah. It's guaranteed that you're going to have that kind of backlash. It's guaranteed that you're going to go through trials. It's guaranteed. You're going to have very tough moments. Right. And they just say, well, I don't want to lose congregants. I don't want to have bad things said about me. Well, then I, I got nothing for you. You know, you should be bold, be courageous, bold Christians that do step out and speak deserve a huge amount of praise and huge amount of recognition. Like Jerry Falwell, like yourself, I just, I find that too many Christians remain silent on these issues. 
Yeah. Now, what would you say to the Christians that are bashing the ministers or the preachers or the worship the bigot, leaders? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That because they're supporting Trump, I feel like there's a lot of evidence and reasons to support this president mm-hmm. because of his pro-Christian stance. Yeah. I mean, he's the most evangelical friendly president in American history. Why? Oh, for many reasons. I mean, whether it be the religious freedom executive orders, most pro-life president repealing the Hyde Amendment or reinstituting the Hyde Amendment, which is a Hyde Amendment in Mexico City policy, which is a ban on our money being spent on abortions abroad. He's defunded Planned Parenthood by a couple hundred million dollars. He put Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, which are two uh, constitutionalists that will defend religious freedom at every single turn. 150 circuit court judges, which will be in place for a long time, that will all defend religious liberty and freedom. And as Christians, we should also understand that if you do not have a booming economy, if you do not have a strong nation state, then your religious freedom will eventually become under attack and your livelihood will be under attack. And this president has delivered results for all Americans and Christians included. And uh, the church is stronger than ever before, thanks to President Donald Trump. And I just find it too bad that people are using, you know, that are accusing us Christians that go out and support this president. I know that uh, one of the reasons why I, in, in my book, I'm talking about on pro-life, one of the reasons why I could never vote Democrat is because it's a part of their party platform. Yes. They're pro-abortion. What do you say to Christians that say, well, you know, I can't support Trump, so I have to vote for a Democrat when abortion is a part of the Democrat platform? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I've never heard a good Christian argument for abortion. So I'm waiting for one if someone has one. Yeah. If anyone has one, I... Don't. I mean, in Jeremiah like 39, 13, I was 26 something. It says, I knew you before you were in the womb. Yeah. Literally talks about this, the, the, the singularity and the consciousness and the specificity of the human life yeah. within the womb. How, yeah. how neat is that? And yet it seems as if abortion has now become a form of birth control. Over a million abortions a year. Like that. A million abortions. That means 3,000 a day. Wow. Think about that. Just today. It's too many. It is it's become many. way, way, way too culturally permissible. And so if we can't agree that abortion is bad or wrong, can we, wrong, can we just say we want less abortions? Like, oh, we can't even have that conversation anymore. Yeah. That's just a stunningly, that's a stunning re- regression, unfortunately, of really where we should be as a culture and as a society. It, uh, it's vastly disappointing that more Christians don't stand up against abortion. And Democrats don't even want less abortion. They want more. They want more. They want them to be pushed paid for. The, yeah, they want 2 million abortions a year. Yeah. That's, that's population control. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And I think it was just uh, it was either Elon Omar or AOC that actually said that they want taxpayers to actually pay for illegals yes, to have abortions. Right. Publicly funded abortions for illegals. And William wow. Castro said men should have abortions, too. Goodness gracious. It's just moral relativism that that is such a danger to our country. It really is. Yeah. So what could we pray for you for? Well, just pray for my wisdom and my perseverance. So... Yeah. Those are the two most important things because it has to have to keep going and hopefully I make good, continue to make good choices and also just pray that I stay grounded. Yeah, so, absolutely. And operate from a place of rest because Papa God has got you. You're in his hands. Yes. He's, uh, he's proud of you and he's watching over Thank you. He's with you. Thank you. And I got one more question for sure. you. You recently came out that you have a girlfriend. Well, I think you broke a whole lot of girls' hearts. We're not saying anyone's name. We're not saying any <laughs> we won't names. Won't say any names. So, but th- yes, I do have a girlfriend. I am public about a girlfriend, but not any names. So she captured your heart. For now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Must be a pretty special young woman. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's good. Yeah. Very good. Charlie, thank you so much, brother, for your Thanks. time today. Thanks. God bless you.